Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Rarely will our needs and natures match. Rarely in marriage will you have matching libidos. You will sometimes, maybe, maybe when you're younger. But the older you get in marriage, what you realize is it's not, it's not, the matching libidos or having the same need at the same time is attitudes. The best sex in marriage is one person serving the other. And again, Hollywood fills our minds with such nonsense that the happily ever after marriage is if you marry your soulmate, you always have the same desire at the same time and everything's always fantastic. No, a lot of good sex is just, you know, one person serving the other. But the man, the woman, whatever it is, it's just serving. Um, Another thing about a servant spirit is a servant spirit is the only spirit that can guarantee ultimate sexual fulfillment. Nothing else can. You say chemistry. Chemistry is going to come and go because there's going to be, you know, physically good times, physically bad times, hormones, stress, whatever it is. Uh, Whatever else that you're counting on, you can't count on. But the only thing you can count on is the fact that I will serve you for the rest of my life. My commitment is to serve you. It doesn't matter if I need it. Doesn't matter. It matters that you need it, and I love you, and I will serve you. Um, let me t- tell you about the power of a servant spirit. Now, this is Jesus in John 13. Now, the disciples were talking about which one of them was the greatest. <laughs> it's the Last Supper. Jesus is about to die, and the conversation among the disciples was, "I, wish, I wonder which one of us is the greatest." And Jesus gets up and gets down starts washing their feet, and they're totally grossed out by it because they have a worldly view of success, and they have a worldly view of authority. In another text, Jesus said, the Gentiles lord over each other, but not so among you because the servant is the greatest of all. The greatest marriage is a servant marriage, is where two people are serving each other in that marriage. And so there's some common fears. You know, sometimes when people uh, begin to serve each other in a marriage relationship, Um, they have fears. Now, first of all, servanthood is a superior spirit. Notice what it says here about Jesus. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments. Jesus was the most secure person in the room. Jesus knew that he had come from God, that he had gone, was going back to God and God had put all things into his hands. Listen, Insecurity and fear is two of the greatest reasons that people can't serve. Jesus was the most secure person at the table, and he just got up and started washing feet. And all the other guys were having an argument about which one of them was the greatest. You don't have that argument out of a spirit of security. You have that argument out of a spirit of insecurity. A a servant spirit is a greater spirit, and it functions out of security. And a lot of times when People think about serving their spouse. These are the kind of fears that they have. 
And one is if I serve them, they'll work me to death. This is what I thought about Karen when I wasn't a good husband. And I just thought, you know, if I ever show her any weakness, I mean, she's going to work me to death. You know, if I, just, if I just went up to Karen and said, I'm your servant, just tell me what to do, it would just be the worst day of my entire life. <laughs> well, let me, let me say this. So Jesus rebuked the man he was washing his feet. When Jesus got down and started washing Peter's feet, he did not lose his authority. He just chose where he would represent his authority from, the top or the bottom. When I'm serving you, I'm not putting myself under you in a vulnerable position. I've just made a decision. I'm going to represent myself from a place of humility, not a place of pride. I'm going to represent myself from a place of security, not a place of insecurity. Jesus did not lose his authority when he washed feet. He established his authority when he washed feet. This is how we act in this house. This is how we treat each other in this house. And Jesus said, the Gentiles lord over each other. You guys are sitting here talking about which one of you is the greatest. That's a very dangerous thing because this is going to end up being a competition where people are going to get hurt. And that's not the way we do things in this house. Jesus said, the greatest among you is the servant of all. Did you know you can go categorically through any business in America and the greatest business in America is the servant of all? Why are they great? Because they serve. Why do we go there? Because they serve. They're great servants. You go in there, you know you're going to get great service. It's the truth. The greatest is the servant of all. The greatest spouse is the servant of their spouse. And the greatest marriages in the world are two servants in love. The worst marriages in the world are two selfish people in love. Servants, because of their spirit and the way they think, have a built-in sensitivity to the needs of others. Um, Jesus was the only one at the table at the Last Supper thinking about others. Every other man at the Last Supper was thinking about himself. And Jesus got up and began to wash their feet while they were oblivious to the needs of other people. Our God is a servant. That is the nature of our God. And let me say this. He ever lives to make intercession for us, and no one is as sensitive to you as God. Our God loves to serve his family. Our God loves to love his children. He loves being a daddy. He loves loving us. And when we pray, we never get a recording. He's not distracted. When we pray, he's listening to every single syllable. And Jesus says he knows everything that you're going to pray before you pray it, and he cares. Don't you love that? Yes. Doesn't it make you secure in a relationship knowing that I've got such a loving, serving merciful, generous God, and he doesn't just want to meet my needs. He wants to meet my desires. I don't want to meet Karen's needs. I want to meet her needs and desires. I want to be your dream maker. I want to help to bring you to your full potential in God. And I want to make every desire of your life that is a righteous desire. I want, I want to be God's partner to help that come true. And when you have two people in love that are both serving each other and trying to meet the needs and desires of the other person, it's, it's not, it, that's the way God made marriage. That's the way it works, is the servant spirit. Servant spirit, this is another truth about servanthood. Servanthood is the only spirit that experiences true emotional, spiritual, or sexual intimacy. Jesus said to Peter, 
if, listen, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. In other words, here's what he's saying to him. If you do not accept this standard, Peter, we can't be in a relationship. But why? Because you can't be intimate with a selfish person. It's impossible. A servant spirit wants to join. A servant spirit is sensitive, and it's someone that you can talk to. Have you ever been in a restaurant and you have a waiter that doesn't want to wait on you? You know, they, they take your order and then they get on a plane and fly to Europe. And is it my, the most irritating thing on earth to, to try to communicate to someone who doesn't care? You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. That's what Jesus is saying here. Now, Peter, if, if, if you're going to be like the Gentiles wanting somebody to find the Lord over, and you're the boss and everybody's waiting on you, you're not going to have any part with me. But don't you love being in a restaurant and having a waiter or waitress that's attentive? And, and see, here, here's, here's, this, this is one of my little pet peeves. When I say to someone, thank you, and they say, no problem, I hate that. I love it when they say, my pleasure. Yes. And they come and fill your water glass or your tea glass, and you say, thank you, my pleasure. I, I like you. <laughs> because you like to serve. And you're not making me feel like a burden. But I don't like it when someone comes and waits on me and I say, thank you. No problem. Oh, I don't care if I'm a problem or not. <laughs> you know? You can't be intimate with a person who's selfish. A servant spirit is the spirit of a person that you can experience intimacy with. Let me talk just a minute about sex in covenant. Um, a covenant is a permanent sacrificial relationship, and the word covenant means to cut. Someone's going to bleed. And God made Adam cut him, and made marriage. Every covenant relationship, someone's gonna bleed. And in every covenant, there's a covenant seal and there's a covenant sign. When God is passionate about covenant, and when God makes relationship, he always makes a covenant seal and a covenant sign. The new covenant, Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Well, the covenant seal of the new covenant is water baptism. When we're baptized, we're, we're sealing the deal. It is a public demonstration of a private decision that I've made, and the Bible says, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So it's sealing the deal. This is covenant, and I'm being baptized to seal the deal. What's the covenant sign of the new covenant? Communion. Jesus said, as often as you do this, you remember me. And so the, the sign means I remember. The seal means I'm in. I'm in. The sign means I'm acting in good faith. I remember that you died for me. I remember that you bled for me. I remember that you gave your body to remove the curse off my life. And every, every time we take communion, God releases a blessing into our lives. It's so powerful spiritually. God is very passionate about communion. 
Now, so what's the covenant seal of marriage? Sex. When a married couple gets married, you seal the deal with sex. Sex is the covenant seal of marriage. What's the covenant sign of marriage? Sex. When you have sex, you're not just pleasing your spouse, you're saying, I remember. I remember that I gave myself to you. I remember that I promised to, to love and cherish you for all the days of our lives. I remember, and I'm not just giving my body to you for you to experience pleasure. I'm giving my body to you to tell you I remember, and I'm still acting in good faith. And every time you have sex, God releases incredible blessing. Every time we have sex, there are hundreds of chemicals and hormones that are released in our bodies that cause us not only to be healthier, but also cause us to bond to one another and have stronger feelings toward one another and keep us from being attracted outside the relationship. So sex is the covenant seal and the covenant sign of marriage. And it's very, very special and very, very powerful. Let me say this another way, and that is God created sex and God loves it. God loves to see his people enjoying the special uh, creation that he created. You know, God created sex. The devil didn't create sex. God created sex. And he wants us to enjoy sex and marriage together. He wants us, and he made us to where we can enjoy sex in many different ways. That we can be adventurous, in, not in a sinful way, but to be sensual and to give each other pleasure, but to let each other know I'm committed and my body is your body. By the way, 1 Corinthians 7 says, when we get married, our body no longer belongs to us, but it belongs to our spouse for the sake of making sure that our needs get met. And that's not a license for abuse, it's a license for use. We never withdraw our bodies. We never use our body as a weapon or a bargaining chip. We never, we never use it to punish or anything. This is your body. And I will serve you with this body for the rest of our married lives. And, and men say, well, I wanna serve my wife sexually. Be sensitive to every problem and stress in her life because again, she's inclusive. You need to understand she's not like you. And if you just think you can jump in bed and after ignoring her all day or being busy or whatever, and you're gonna have great sex, it normally will not happen because she needs you to be connected with all of her life all day long. Be sensitive to her different nature. The number one need that your wife has is security. Um, then open and honest communication. Um, the more you talk to your wife, the more sexual she'll become. And I mean open, patient, honest communication. It's, communication is as important to your wife as sex is to you. And so, and I've, I've said, doesn't matter if you want it or not, doesn't matter if you need it or not, you serve your spouse. And here's what I say to men, doesn't matter if you want it or not, about communication. Doesn't matter if you want to talk. Doesn't matter if you need to talk. It matters that she needs it. And you talk. And the more you open up and connect to her emotionally, the more sexual she becomes. Uh, she needs non-sexual affection. One of a woman's biggest needs is non-sexual affection and leadership. She wants to be respected as an equal, but she wants you to initiate the well-being of the home. Be romantic in, in her language. But let me say something about romance. When you send your wife flowers and cards and you're romantic, it says this to her, you're on my heart. And I think about you when I'm not with you. And I desire you. Romance is the language of desire. When you're not romantic, it means this, I don't think about you when I'm not with you. You're not on my heart. And you're kind of a burden. 
And that's what women take from that. So romance outside the bedroom of pursuing your wife and being romantic to her is very, very important. Let me talk to women for just a minute. Communicate to your husband that you accept his different sexual nature as valid as God-given. Most men are more sexual than their wives. And some women reject that or they make fun of it. Uh, they, they won't validate it. But understand this, God gave men the desire for sex to keep them coming back to their wives. It's a magnet. God gave women the gift of sex and God gave men the need for sex. So when your husband keeps coming back to you, that's a good thing. And when you satisfy him, let me say this to, to women, your husband will always be most emotionally vulnerable when he's having fun with you and after sex. You say, my husband's so closed off. He won't talk. He just, you know, whatever. Have fun with him and have sex. And he'll open up to you. That's, that's, that's just how we're wired. Uh, be creative and energetic in meeting his sexual needs and desires. One of the things that Karen and I used to do is, and this is another thing I was gonna say, in being organized, you can plan sex. Uh, Karen and I used to, our, our language was being together, you know, when our kids were growing up. And we would say, we're gonna be together Tuesday night. Well, that meant sex. That meant Tuesday night is sex night. And uh, so, and we, we planned accordingly. You know, we, uh, I wanted her to, rest all day and, you know, and <laughs> I love watching y'all being nervous. I love, it. it's kind of a cruel thing. But, but here's what we did. Sometimes we would say, is this your night or my night? Because when it's Karen's night, it's different. A lot of talking. If there was any sex, it was at the end of a long road. Or is this going to be my night? Because my night was different than her night. <laughs> Yay, my night. And, but, but here's the point. We, we both were satisfied. It wasn't all her way or all my way, but we planned it. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.